Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And we will give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Let the sick be healed. Let the oppressed go free. And Lord, give us a greater commitment and a greater love for the Lord Jesus. May we serve him and lay down our life for others. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. Amen. Welcome into God's presence. Take your seats, please. My Lord and my God. And join me in welcoming our online audience as well as our television audience. If you are within driving distance in the Colorado Springs area, stop by and let God touch you and transform your life. If you are sick, we've seen incredible diseases being healed. If you are going through any challenge, we are here for you. Amen. Amen. And your life will be transformed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are getting ready for Uganda and Malawi. The pastors and leaders are excited. The people are excited. We are looking forward to a great time, great pastors conference in Uganda, 400 pastors and leaders are coming together to mobilize their community. And as we go forth, pray with us. You can go with us through your prayer, through your giving, and um, thank God for what he's about to do. Amen. Amen. And as we cooperate with him in other nations, God will help us in this nation as well. Amen. Amen. God is a good God. He's good and his mercy endures forever. And I pray in the name of Jesus that by the entrance of the word of God, may your life be completely transformed. No matter what you are going through, there is always a solution in the word of God. There is a solution in God's word. And God's word is able to take us from where we are to where we are supposed to be. I've seen it happen so many times. And I know God will do the same for you as you cooperate with him. If you believe that, say amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, let's get into our Bible lesson this morning. We are in the third series on the study uh, of um, the message of Jesus Christ to the seven churches. And I pray in the name of Jesus that as we go through this, um, don't just see it from the historical perspective. This this series is so rich, um, but I pray that it will uh, impact your life greatly and your life will be transformed. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me, if you please, to Revelations chapter 2, verse 12. Revelations 2, 12. He says, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, These things says he who has the the sharp two-edged sword, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful mother, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. Repent, or else I'll come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I'll give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Amen. Now, let's give you the background. John was um, captured. So, you see, some people don't like um, reading the book of Revelations because they say they, when they read it, they don't understand. Um, but we talked about this in Revelation chapter 1. He says that the person who reads this book is blessed. He says in Revelation chapter 1, he says that, thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, John writing, he says, verse 3, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Well, the time is near when this was written almost 2,000 years ago. Uh, then it's nearer than ever before. <laughs> but he says that the person who reads is blessed. And I like Revelations because when it all ends up, when it all comes to a culmination, we win. <laughs> Read the back of the book. When all, all said and done, we win. So don't be worried. About, don't be worried about whatever is going on. We end up the victor when it all, it's all said and done. Amen. So no matter what the situation is, oh, victory is inside. Amen. John uh, was captured on the island of Patmos because he refused to yield to the emperor. And so he was, put, he was put out there. And while he was there, even in the midst of that, Jesus appeared to him and gave him a revelation of himself. And these letters that are written, um, let's put up the, the other map again. It's, it's, writ it's written in the order of... Um, the way the churches are. And Ephesus was the, ma the main church, the first church that was planted by the Apostle Paul. And so Jesus, in writing this, he writes and starts with Ephesus, which is a very strategic center. We talked about that. And then Semena, and then Pegamos. So the order in Revelations that these letters are written follows that route. It's like a mere route. So when he gets to Pegamon, Pegamon was a city which was a strategic city as well in the ancient world. And it was built to mimic... Athens, and it was a, such a magnificent city, and, and similar to all the other letters, Jesus, you can call it Pegamum, was the ancient name, and then Pegamum is like the recent Greek name, so both are right, Pegamum or Pegamos. John uh, was captured on the island of Patmos because he refused to, to, to yield to, to, the, to the emperor, and so he was, put, he was put out there, and while he was there, even in the midst of that, Jesus appeared to him. And gave him a revelation of himself. And these letters that are written, um, let's put up the, the other map again. It's written in the order of um, the way the churches are. And Ephesus was the, ma the main church, the first church that was planted by the Apostle Paul. And so Jesus, in writing this, he writes and starts with Ephesus, which is a very strategic center. We talked about that. And then Semena, and then Pegamos. So the order in Revelations that these letters are written follows that route. It's like a mere route. So when he gets to Pegamon, Pegamon was a city, which was a strategic city as well in the ancient world. And it was built to mimic Athens. 
And it was a, such a magnificent city, similar to all the other letters. Jesus, you can call it Pergamum, was the ancient name, and then Pergamos, like the recent Greek name. So both are right. Pergamum or Pergamos, it's b both are right. But this city was very strategic because it was the seat of the Roman um, proconsul, and he was the highest person in, in Rome at the time. He could execute judgment and do so many things. And it also was home to the altar of Zeus. And it was cons considered the, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And this altar was so magnificent, uh, you couldn't miss it when you got to Pergamon or Pergamos. And it was a place where, I mean, it was covered in gold. And when the sun shone on it, you could see it. You couldn't miss it. So some of this background will help us understand what Jesus is saying to these people in Pergamos or Pergamon. Now, the proconsul had what they called, uh, he had what they called the right of the sword. And when doing judgment and doing certain things, if he held up his, his sword, then it means that you are going to live. And the, the Christians there were under great persecution. If you held it down, then it means um, that was it. So because of the strategic nature of this city, the Bible says is that these six things, verse 12, to the angel of the church, in right, these things says he who has the sharp-to-edged sword. I know your works and where you dwell. Notice where Satan's throne is. Because what happened in Pergamum also, the seat of the altar of Zeus had so many practices that went on there. And it spread to all the other regions. So he says, I know your works. And where you dwell. This was a very dark city. It was magnificent on the outside, but on the inside, there was spiritual darkness. And in the midst of this spiritual darkness, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was born. For where sin abounds, the grace of God abounds much more. <laughs> it doesn't matter how dark it is in your life. It doesn't matter how dark it is in a city. It, isn't, it doesn't matter how dark it is in a nation. You see, that dominion of darkness, of light over darkness, is unquestionable. Romans 5, verse 20. Where sin abounds, the grace of God much more abounds. And John chapter 1, verse 5. John chapter 1, verse 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it the light shines no matter how dark it is in your life no matter how dark it is in your family in the name of the lord jesus when the light of god's word enters when the light of the gospel enters darkness cannot overpower light Very, no matter how dark it is in this room, when we turn on that light, darkness has to find the exit. And in the Bible, <laughs> in Psalm 119, thank you Lord Jesus. Oh, I love his word. 
know what the psalmist of all said open my eyes to see wondrous things out of your law psalm 119 verse 18 but psalm 119 also verse 130 he says the entrance thank you lord jesus the entrance of your words give light it gives understanding to the simple the entrance of god's word gives light no matter how dark it is in your life maybe you are going through a dark season maybe you are going through a dark time in the mighty name of the lord jesus i pray by the entrance of the word of god this morning may every darkness be dispelled in the mighty name of the lord jesus <laughs> have you ever seen darkness following light and trying to overcome it no 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 the light shines in the darkness and darkness cannot overcome it and in the midst of this darkness in Pergamon or Pergamos the believers were able to overcome it's getting darker and darker in the world but no matter how dark it gets you and I will overcome I said you and I will overcome I said you and I will overcome my God because Jesus Christ calls us the light of the world thank you Lord Jesus the light of the world Matthew 5 verse 14 you are the light of the world and even as it gets darker in the world oh the only thing that could unsee darkness in Pergamum and in anywhere else is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ our light will continue to shine I said our light will continue to shine you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden let your light verse 16 so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven our light will shine your 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 light will shine in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus knew the demonic environment that they live in. He also understood the opposition coming against him. He knew they lived under the, the sword of the proconsul. And that was determined whether they were permitted to live or to die. And he also, thirdly, he also knew that they were being assailed by pagans. We'll get to that here shortly. Telling them to compromise. He walks amongst us in our midst. And he knows our works. He knows our activities. He knows our deeds. And I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. That we will walk in the light of the word, the, the word and let our lives so shine in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's go a step further. This, this, is, this, is, this is so rich. He says, I know your works, 
Re Revelation 2.13. And where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, he set up camp over there. And he does not want to be unseated. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful mother who was killed among you where Satan dwelt. There are some cities, uh, you see, when you, as soon as you enter, you know the prevalent spirit in the place. The spirit that rules and reigns. And Antipas, who was Antipas? Antipas was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. He got so on fire for God, he kept preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and casting out devils. And so, like, I mean, I mean, I mean you know, when you talk about casting out devils, don't, don't, be, uh, don't be scared of that. And don't be scared of the devil either. No, no, he's not, he's not bigger than God. <laughs> God is way bigger than him. And one of these days, I've been in the book of Revelation, you see that just one angel will take him, kick him out, and put him in a, in a, in a hole. And put a lid on him for a thousand years. One angel, just one angel. <laughs> in Isaiah, he says that, look, I, people will wonder at the end, is this this person that really deceived whole nations? Oh, my. I know God is bigger than him. I said, God, if it's better than him. Uh, he, was, he was bringing great pressure on these people. And Antipas was casting out devils. Like, I'm, I, we, I'm, we are not afraid of the devil. One time, somebody came in and they, they said that um, um, they, had ha they had had a dream. And when they had a dream, they saw a snake enter their navel. And ever since then, they had had chronic headaches and as we prayed for them they were completely delivered and the headache stopped in the name of the lord jesus the devil the one that deceives all nations may he not deceive you in jesus name always stay on god's side but he sees where satan dwells now so antipas was going around casting out devils and he was causing a lot of stir in the city so they cast they, they arrested him and told him to to give up his faith and these people were so cruel he refused to do that they, they had a bull in, in like a like a stadium and they put antipas in that bull and the way they did it well this was so very cruel they put him in there shut the door and set fire to it and because of the the way it was architected when antipas was screaming instead of hearing his screams you hear the sound of a bull but he refused to give up jesus called him faithful antipas who was killed among you set great pressure I pray. Sometimes you go through extreme pressure. Are the relationships that you have and the things around you tempting you to go back to the world, to go back to things that you have decided you will not go back to? I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that you will make a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that he says that these people, you and you hold fast to my name. 
It is some parts of the world still have that, but some of them here, I, I mean, the state, we, 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 we don't have that. But you see, the thing is, uh, you can easily get to a place where in your walk with the Lord, depending on the pressure that you are going through, you may be tempted to give up your faith. You may be tempted to throw in the towel. But I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Maybe you are at a point in your life where you are discouraged. Maybe you are even contemplating suicide. Maybe you are depressed. Maybe you are going through tremendous pressure. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that you will stand for God. He says, I know your works. You see, all of us, Jesus knows our works. Antipas refused to give up. Now you've learned a, 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 a new name if you didn't know him before. Antipas. When you get to heaven, look for him. And give him a high five. And say to you, Antipas, you made it. I also made it. Amen. Antipas. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you did not deny my name. You did not deny my faith. He was surrounded by such a permitting darkness in Pergamon. But he was not intimidated by the demonic influence of the godly culture, godless culture, not the persecution confronting him. If someone was murdered in our city for his faith, would you stand? Set pressure. He continued to allow the light of God to penetrate the darkness of Satan and to shine brightly through his light as he lived boldly for the Lord. Boldly. <laughs> you haven't seen persecution. When I, when I was in high school, um, I went to a school that didn't want us to practice freely our charismatic faith. And we were bold going around preaching the gospel praying and one time one of the it was a board in high school one of the, the the teachers came and they actually scattered our prayer meeting and whipped us oh yeah <laughs> and they sent us to the principal principal's office and they said why are you praying like how you are praying do you think God cannot understand you when you pray in your normal language? I said, sir, I'm part of you. I don't remember all the words I spoke to him. <laughs> but I said to him, look, <laughs> I'm a child of the Most High God. I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were threatening to expel us from the school. <laughs> my god but you see the other piece to this thing was that we were the, one of some of the smartest students I for one was one of them so you can't get rid of me if you get rid of me you get rid of the smartness too <laughs> representing them in national science quizzes and, and all, all that so you can't easily expel, expel us as I say I serve the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what happens I am on the Lord's side I'm on the Lord's side. And we continue praying and preaching and serving the Lord. 
Some of those people that got saved are preaching the gospel just like I am doing right now. Hardcore people. <laughs> Amen. People that are in drugs, different things. The light of God's word will always overcome. Amen. Make a stand for God. In the name of Jesus. I'm not a new person on the block. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 14. But I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel. To eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. I have a few things. Let's, let's take care of this. Now he says that. You have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. Now, who was Balaam? Let's talk about Balaam a little bit. Balaam was the one that hired Balak. And he hired Balak to cast the children of Israel on their way to the promised land. And Balak said, look. Every time Balaam tried, he said, look, try to get Balak to, he said, I cannot curse the people who God has blessed. If you are blessed of God, no one can curse you successfully. <laughs> I cannot curse the one that God has blessed. And he said, go to another position. Look at it from, I said, no, I can't do this then. But notice he uses the phrase, he says, who taught, ba who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to God and to commit sexual immorality. Now, let's look at that account in Numbers of 25. Learn something. Numbers of 25, verse 1 to 3 says, Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove, and the people began to commit halotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to sac the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their god. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Three things, or five steps. That you see, when, when you start slipping, it's a very slow slide. Let's look at the progression here. It says, the women lured the men of Israel to perform sacrifices to their God. The men lowered their standards. So very, and the same thing was happening here in Pergamon. To commit sexual immorality. They, in, in more, they made the people, women pass to naked before the men. And the men said, oh, since we have been away for a long time, why don't we lower our standards and, and compromise? Israel, the men ate what they should not eat. Israel entertained what was evil. Three, Israel bowed down to pagan God. They accommodated what God despised. Israel, for Israel joined himself to Bible, they entered into, immor into moral and sexual defilement. Then five, the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. So the same thing was happening in Pagamon. Not just that spirit that was still around after all these years. 
Sometimes these spirits run through families, in communities. And if you allow them, they can enter the church, they can enter your life. But here, we don't allow the, the spirit, those spirits to, we don't entertain them. But don't entertain them in your family. He says that, to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things, sacrifice to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. You see, no matter where you live, you can make a stand for God. Daniel and his three friends were captives in Babylon. Because sometimes people will say, look, you don't know the environment that I grew up in. The neighborhood. <laughs> Daniel and his three friends were in Babylon. People of God, captives. And the, the, the food that was being offered to them had been offered to idols. But you see, they made a decision. They purposed in their heart that they will not defile themselves with the king's meat. Daniel 1.8 Daniel, But Daniel purposed in his heart, that's where the thing starts, that he will not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the Enoch that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the Enoch. And the chief of the Enoch said to Daniel, I fear my Lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should you see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you will endanger my head before the king. They tested them at the end of 10 days, verse 15. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. No matter where you grew up, you can always, if you are a child of God, no matter the pressure that, that comes, you can say, no way, I am for God, I am on God's side. Daniel purposed in his heart. What we entertain in our thoughts eventually shows up in our lives. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that we will make a stand for the Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Then he says that you have also those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. We saw them in Ephesus. They are also here in Pergamon. <laughs> the Ephesians had a different response. But these people were compromising with them. He says, weak thing I hate. Repent or else I'll come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. The Nicolaitans were people that said, look, um, you can go to church, but after that, come to our temple and worship with us. Partake in this orgies, in this drunkenness, in all these things. It doesn't matter. Compromise. It's a doctrine of compromise. We are getting to that point. 
This doctrine does not, there's no emphasis on living holy and separated from the world. There should be a difference. There needs to be a difference. And I pray there will be a difference. No emphasis on the doctrinal teaching of the Bible. No emphasis on absolute truth or biblical authority. For no belief, exclusionary belief, that Christ alone is the way to heaven. Look, there are other ones that leads to. Ever heard that one? No, Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way back to God. Jesus said that himself. So these believers, these, these believers in Pergamon said, okay, maybe um, we are missing it here. Let's go to church and then also go to these temples and, and, and do these practices so that they can be, we can be seen as not too strict. No, 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 light and darkness don't mix. You can minister to the person. You see, notice, notice, not, you see, notice, notice the difference. Notice something. Sometimes we make, we make the two. He says, he hates the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. He doesn't hate the Nicolaitans, but he hates their doctrine. They are two different things. <laughs> they are two different things. He hates the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. What, they are, what, is, what is being put out? So you love the person enough to tell them that about Jesus, but don't get pulled in the wrong direction. <laughs> or don't say, I have to partake in what they are partaking of before I can be able to win them. No, no, no. That's not, that's not, that's not it. <laughs> He loves the Nicolaitans, but the Nicolaitans are putting out something. Their doctrine is a very dangerous thing. <laughs> he says, I hate. That's a very strong word. He hates the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Stand for God, please. It's getting to the point as the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, it gets closer and closer. It's going to get more, it's, 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 unless the, the days are short, even the elect can be deceived. But you will not be deceived in Jesus' name. You will not be deceived in Jesus' name. You will not be deceived in Jesus' name. And he says, repent, or else I will come to you quickly. <laughs> Run to you quickly. The church is the best thing that Jesus has on the earth. So he's very interested and vested in the church. It's his body. It's his bride. So he says repent. That word repent means change your mind. And that change of mind reflects in your actions. Change your mind. Or oh, come quickly. Repent. Repent is different from remorse. We talked about that in one of, uh, on, in one of Wednesday lessons. What does it mean to repent? repent is, repentance is that the foundation of Christianity Jesus preached repentance. Peter preached repentance on the day of Pentecost. Paul preached repentance. Repent. It's different from remorse. Judah, Judas was remorseful, but he did not repent. 
There are two different things. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I'll fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Now, let's, let me, let's give you some vital keys. How are you going to make it if you live in, in Pergamos? Pergamon? In these dark times, how are you going to make it? Number one, how to thrive in Pergamos. Be a doer of the word of God. James chapter 7 verse 24. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. Notice he says that the person that does the word of God. Therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Be a doer of the word of God. The storms of life come to all of us. But the person that is doing the word of God, that's the one when the storm comes, their house will stand. That's the person that's working wisely. Be a doer of the word of God. It's one thing to hear the word of God. It's another thing to do, do the word. Imagine if you, every light or revelation or what you know about God, you begin to put it into practice. Imagine where you'll be in three months, six months, or even a year. But you can start now. Be a doer of the word of God. James chapter 1 verse 22 to 25, he says that the person that does the word of God, if anyone hears the word, is the word of God and does not do it, he's deceiving himself. But verse 25, by he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one, this one, that will be you, will be blessed in what he does. This one will be blessed in what he does. This one will be blessed in what he does. This one will be blessed in what he does. This one will be blessed in what he does. This one will be blessed in what he does. Decide to be a doer of the word of God. Two, to thrive in Pergamos like Antipas. Commit to preaching the word of God. The gospel, good news. Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. No, Matthew. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Preach the gospel to every creature. Every boy, every girl. The gospel is what changes lives. You don't, ha you don't have to um, be pushy about it. You just have to live the life. Paul, the Apostle Paul calls us living epistles, known and read by all men. Your lifestyle is a testimony. And when people ask you, what's, it, what's different about you? Oh, do you want to know? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's the one that makes the difference. He's the one that has touched my life. Oh, you have a problem? Jesus says he's the way. Yeah, 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 there's always a way out. And that way is Jesus. Commit to preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then three, Pergamos. You see, Satan dwells there. Where are you going to make it? <laughs> Exercise. And that's why you, you need to know who you are in Christ. What Christ has done and who you are. In, in, in James chapter 4. Thank you Lord. 
Satan is not only in Pergamos. <laughs> the Bible says in James chapter 4, or was not only in Pergamos, it says James chapter 4 verse 7, it says, Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Submit to God first. That's the first step. If you are not submitted to God, you can't resist the devil. In fact, he'll come and buddy up with you. <laughs> Sub submit. That's not what you want. He won't buddy up with you in Jesus' name. Submit to God. Submit to God. Submit to God. That means yield your life to God. Let God be first in your life above everything else. Then you are in a position to resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Exercise your authority in Christ Jesus. Be yielded to God first. Ask yourself, am I yielded to God? Yield completely to God. Is God first in my life? Are there areas where I'm compromising and not yielded to God? Submit to God. Then resist the devil. He will flee from you. You. He will flee from you. Like sometimes they say people are resisting arrest. They put up a fight. Yeah. They kick, scream, do whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> you see, the Bible says, you see, if you are a child of God, the devil cannot just come and budge in on you just like that. It's either through your ignorance or your lack of action. James, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 says, Nor give place to the devil. So that means that he cannot have any place in you. Just talking about the children of God. If you are not a child of God, that's a different story. That, that one, you are under his dominion. He can kick you around anytime he wants. So make a decision. Switch from that side. Switch from the dominion of darkness and come under the dominion of light. Neither give place to the devil. If you give him place in your house, in any, in any, any space, next thing you will come to your bedroom, your bathroom, everywhere. No, so, so, so don't give him any place. Don't give him a foothold. He will keep coming against your mind with thoughts. The mind is a gateway to give in. But don't give him any place. Then resist him. Fear, I resist you. Sickness, I resist you. Poverty, I resist you. Bad thoughts, I resist you. That's another thing too. Don't give him any place. Don't watch things that give him place in your mind. Or listen to things that give him place in your mind. You build a stronghold there. So exercise your God-given authority. But in the name of Jesus, you can say, hey, get out of here. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off my life. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off my children. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off of my grandchildren. Exercise. Pegamos is where he dwells. So you have to know your rights and privileges. In Christ. And then four. Make a firm decision. Not to compromise. Like Daniel. He purpose. You make that decision ahead of time. Make a firm decision. To not compromise. Make that decision ahead of time. Before the test or the temptation or the trial comes. Now look. If someone is going to give in, it won't be me. Be like Antipas. I am taking my stand. 
Be steadfast and unmovable. Notice what First John chapter 2 verse 15 says. Thank you Lord Jesus. I want you to experience God's back. That's why we're going through this. First John chapter 2 verse 15 he says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Hallelujah. Don't love the world, all the things in the world. We use the things of the world in the service of God and mankind. But that's not enough. The love, we must love the Lord. Make a firm decision not to compromise. Hold fast to his name. If you make the decision ahead of time, then when the test or the trial comes, you've already decided. Daniel purposed in his heart. It is a decision. It is a firm decision that look, even though I'm a, I'm a captive in Babylon, idol worshippers, people that don't believe in the true God, I have made a stand. Everybody in the workplace may be changing numbers and doing different things. Everybody may be doing business a certain way. But I have made a stand for God. I purpose in my heart to walk in integrity. Somebody said, if you don't, like, said, if you don't have integrity, you don't have an address. <laughs> integrity. If you don't have integrity, I'll put it again. You don't have an address. Let's stay on God's side. I'm looking at the company of people who say we are on God's side. We are on God's side. We are on God's side. In the name of the Lord Jesus. It says, repent to your company or fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Repent. If you've ever told your children to change their attitude, that's repentance. They're telling them to, to repent. Come in a go in a different direction. And then he says to them, Verse 17, Revelation says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. That means that the Spirit is always speaking. But some people don't have an ear to hear, or some people don't want to hear. <laughs> don't tell me the truth. Well, I'll tell you the truth, and you can do decide what you want to do with it. <laughs> he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He helps us all the time. Then to him who overcomes, I will give hidden manna to eat. Hidden manna. That manna came to the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. And a very difficult road. But God was saying to them, I will be your sustenance. Maybe you're on a road and you say, I don't see the end of this road. God is saying to you this morning, I will be your sustenance. I will be your sustenance. I will sustain you. Hidden manna to eat. If God provided for the children of Israel in the wilderness, he will provide for you. I said he will provide for you. 
In the name of the Lord Jesus. Psalm 78 verse 19. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Oh, they had this question. Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? But I can assure you by the word of the living God, God can prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies. God can come through for you in the midst of your difficulties. God can come through for you no matter what the situation is. And he will say to you, I am your sustenance in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus I will provide for you I will take care of you in the name of Jesus you may not see a way out but I'm here with you all the time I was speaking to somebody yesterday and they, they, they said it feels like Jesus is not with them I said Jesus is with you whether you feel like it or don't feel like it doesn't make any difference Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Can God bring me out of this situation? Can God help me? Can God provide? I can assure you by the word of the living God. I know God. I've seen so many miracles in my life. You cannot tell me otherwise. And the God that I serve is a living God. And he can bring you out. Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? I will give you the hidden manna to eat. And then he says, Thank you, Lord Jesus. To him, oh my God. He says, And I will give him a white stone, and on the stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Who receives it. Oh my God. It's so sacred. You see, people call you by different names depending on how close <laughs> they are to you. For me, some people call me Pastor Paul. Then some people, depending, they'll call me Paul. My mother has a special name that she calls me. The native name that I was born in. She doesn't use reference, but she calls me by that name sometimes. And then... My wife also calls me a different name. Don't call me by the name that she calls me. Because <laughs> she's very close and dear. So Jesus is saying, because to him who overcomes, I'll give him a white stone and a new name. Because you are so dear to him, because you are so close to him. Because you have overcome a new name. That only you and him know that. I wonder what might be. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, but it applies to you when you overcome. He will give you a new name. No one knows it except you. Oh, my God. Oh, that's what Jesus is saying to us this morning. But that word overcome, that means that you not only overcome one time, but overcoming is, is a lifestyle. You overcome one time, the next one comes, you overcome. You keep overcoming. I'll give you a new name. I'll give you a new name. I'll give you a new name. 
I'll give you a new name. I'll give you a new name. I'll give you a new name. Because you held fast to my name. Even when it was difficult sometimes. Even when everyone around you said, give up on God. Like Joseph said to me, forget about this God. Let's, let's do something else. <laughs> Joseph said, you don't know what you're talking about. No, 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 no. Even if it was coming from God, I, won't, I will not deny him. I want get that strong in your spirit that no matter it does that even though he slays me, I will trust him. I don't understand the whole situation, but denying God is not an option. Giving denying his name is not an option. And sooner or later, Job came out and he, God gave him twice what he had before. If you overcome, he will give you a new name. That means that overcoming is a possibility. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody who is at the point of giving up. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, by the Spirit of God, he's saying to you, if you have an ear, you will hear him saying, hold fast to my name. Don't compromise. What you compromise to keep, you eventually lose. But if you refuse to compromise, you end up on the right side. I'll give you many. I'll give him a new name. I'll give him a If you don't bow, like Shadrach mentioned, I bet you won't bend. If you bow, then you, you, you lost everything. I'll give him a new name. Let's pray. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk. So sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.